I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How are you all doing today? Um, so today I am joined by Adam and... Uh, Hello. Yes, we are... <laughs> We're both going to go through a, a cool lineup of topics today. Um, we're also all going to hit the live chat and rate the Alamo Drafthouse beanie um, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being a vote for Sundance, one being like, no, it's like save it for something else. Let me know what you think. It can only fit so many in my suitcase. <laughs> I feel like this one's too bit. Like, I know this is a look, but like, usually I like them like fitted to my head more. But I love Alamo. What do we think? What do we think? Let me know. All right. So, Adam, are you ready for today's list of topics? Always ready. (laughs) I'm so thankful for that. (laughs) Um, All right. First story of the day is 28 Years Later, which is very, very cool. I was very excited to read this particular news. So just a little information for you. Uh, 28 Days Later is getting a new sequel and maybe even a trilogy of sequels. Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, the director and writer behind the 2002 movie, are reuniting for 28 Years Later, which is expected to hit studio streamers and other potential buyers later this week, according to multiple sources from The Hollywood Reporter. The package they're selling isn't just a simple modern sequel installment. The movie already had a follow-up, of course, with 28 Weeks Later, released in 2007. The duo were only involved in that movie as executive producers. Now, the hope is to launch a new trilogy. Boyle is attached to direct the first installment. Garland would write all three movies. And the budget for each movie would be in the $75 million range. I would have been excited about this news if it was just... They're getting back together and they're making 28 years later. But the fact that they've got these really ambitious long-term plans and goals, that ups my intrigue even more. And it was already high to begin with. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I can't even imagine where they'll go after 28 years later, 28 decades, 28 centuries. That'll, that'll be the next one. That'll, <laughs> that'll be, uh, that, that'll be uh, 20, I mean, it's already dystopian, but some sort of, I guess they're not going to space because they don't have those tools. I'm very, I'm very curious to see, to see what they do. And I think, um, I say this a lot with, I guess, horror franchises, mainly because I'm so focused on them and also because I have Scream on the brain in this respect. But it really applies to, I think, any film franchise out there. Even though I want new installments of my favorite franchises over and over and over, really, like, really close. I want them now. I'm greedy. A lot of times with certain ideas, I think you wind up with more material to explore, more new ideas to cover if you have such a significant break between the last film and the new one that you're working on. And, yeah. you know, there's a there's a lot of interesting themes and ideas that they can explore now that maybe would not have crossed filmmakers' minds back in, I was about to say 2007, but I guess it'd be pre-2007 when they wrote that movie, so... Yeah, or not these two, or not these two, but other people wrote that movie. So right. I think there's going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more to mine in this that maybe we don't see coming, which makes me excited. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. Yes, very exciting indeed, Adam. <laughs> um, I am quite looking forward to that. All right, let's move on to our Supergirl casting shortlist. Um, this news comes from Deadline, which is. Uh, Interesting news here. So according to Deadline, they're hearing that DC Studios is planning to test actresses soon to star in Supergirl. And three of the names on that list are Millie Alcock, Amelia Jones, and Meg Donnelly. Um, Deadline goes on to say there is a chance that the studio could make a straight offer to a star, but all things are pointing towards screen tests for actresses, which will go down within the next month or so, we hear. And then it also notes uh, DC Studios co-boss James Gunn is definitely part of the process as this character as this is a character who likely will make its debut via a cameo in a DC project that isn't Supergirl. The search is ongoing for a director. So this is, I always take a shortlist news with a grain of salt. I would like to think that Deadline has the sources to back this information up. You just never, and you know, they note this in the piece too. You never know how it's going to pan out. It might be one of the names listed. It might be someone else. So we're going to see, but these three names I find very exciting. How do you feel about them, Adam? I, I'm excited just basically for Supergirl at all. Cause that was something that was sort of really lacking in the past, what, 30 years of filmmaking. Um, but now to actually, cause we already had, Supergirl show up in the Flash movie that came out. Mm -hmm. She did very well. Uh, these future possibilities of Supergirl films and everything like that, along with starting with a cameo, just like that's how you build any good universe, I guess. Uh, I think it's it's a positive step in the right direction. And also, like depending on who they get, it could be really, really interesting to see just how that goes. Yeah, I'm really open. I'm open to whatever they think is best, obviously, because <laughs> they probably know more than I do. Um, of these three names listed here, the only one that I'm not really familiar with is Meg Donnelly, and it's because she's largely worked on on Disney material, in particular, I believe, the Zombies uh, franchise, which oh, I have yeah. not I have not really seen besides uh, clips that I've used to prep for other interviews with folks who have been in those movies. So, like, I guess somewhat familiar, but not particularly 
particularly with her as an actor. Um, Amelia Jones, of course, I know quite well, uh, given uh, her rise to fame via Coda. And, you know, she's also delivered a couple of other solid performances that, that prove she is a natural talent since. And then Millie Alcock from House of the Dragon, huge impression right there. So, you know, based on my knowledge of their past work, I feel like going with Millie or Amelia is a rock solid choice. I can't imagine that they won't, that they won't uh, soar with this role. Um, And then I'm sure if Meg Donnelly is on this short list, she's probably very talented too. And I'm just not aware of it. And I do like the idea of this being a launch pad for a very talented individual who deserves to be recognized on a wider scale. So if they go with someone I'm less familiar with, maybe even someone who's not on this list at all, I'm just, I'm excited for the possibilities. And, you know, we don't really have all that much to go on in terms of what the franchise might look like going forward. So I'm going to enjoy the, the open-minded stage of the process where the possibilities seem endless and enjoy, enjoy the options, yeah. enjoy the possibilities. It's also just so exciting. You know, anybody could be the next Supergirl. Yeah, that is that is an accurate statement of the situation. Um, yeah, well, we'll uh, keep you updated on the status of this casting as the uh, as it progresses, and hopefully, we'll have we'll have more information for you soon. Um, I forgot the actual date, but I believe uh, the Superman movie is has a has a start date. I don't have the article on me now, of course, but mm-hmm. and of course I didn't write it in my notes, but I believe that is coming up soon. So hopefully we'll get an answer on this in the near future. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, our last topic of the day is the DGA nominees. This is my favorite time of year. I love celebrating talented people and the exceptional films that they make. The Directors Guild of America has opted to nominate Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, and Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Adam, how do you feel about this list? Is this how you thought it was going to shape up? I, so I've so i seen, of those movies, I've seen Killers of the Flower Moon, I've seen The Holdovers, and uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen Poor Things yet. But, excuse me, Uh, and I just immediately forgot the other ones. But uh, The Holdovers, that was such a fantastic movie for me to see. Like, I just, I went into it mostly blind, and it just, it really, I was so pleasantly surprised by everything that it was, if that makes sense. Um, And I really enjoyed Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, again, I tried to go into it as blind as I could without actually knowing the history of course i didn't know the history of it um and even then you know there were surprises and there were everything like that and of course it's martin scorsese so he's got just his own way of telling a story and with these nominations it's just it's you know it feels strange to say it but you know anyone's game but really mm-hmm. like i mean like uh, even Greta Gerwig with barbie like she's got a, such a strong history of her own films and they just they all have that greta voice and it it, it really Honestly, anyone could win, and I would be happy for any of them. 
I am going to say that the race is over. I don't think anyone can win. I think most of the awards this season in this particular category are probably Christopher Nolan's to lose at this point. I think he's in, yeah. he's in very good shape going forward. Looking at this list, I'm not going to call anybody a surprise, but mm. if I were to imagine who got the fifth slot, so to speak, I would think it's Alexander Payne. And not that he's not, not that he's not deserving. I thought the, the holdovers was pretty exceptional, but there usually is a little bit of a shakeup when it comes to the nominations in this category at the Oscars. So my prediction for how this will pan out is we keep Nolan, Greta Gerwig, Yorgos, and Martin Scorsese. And then I'll predict that Alexander Payne winds up having a stronger run in the screenplay category. And in director, he gets bumped out for maybe something like Zone of Interest director, Jonathan Glazer. Um, There's a chance that uh, Celine Song might wind up getting a nomination here too. There are other possibilities. A, I mean, it's hard to call it a snub because I, I think he was a little bit on the bubble for a while now, but Bradley Cooper not getting nominated for Maestro yeah. has has got to hurt in this category a little bit. And, you know, that's that's one particular instance where, again, I know I just said one of these five is likely to get bumped out and somebody else will take that slot for the Academy Award nominations. But I do think that Bradley Cooper not getting a DGA nomination might be a sign that he does not have a very good chance of getting nominated in this category at the Oscars. He'll get nominated elsewhere, but maybe not here. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's reasonable. Yeah. I, I mean, he poured a lot of his, his time and energy yeah. into that movie. It breaks my heart a little also because I'm a, I'm a very big fan of Maestro. I like that movie quite a bit, but you know, I brought up Celine song who, who got a yes. first time feature filmmaker honors from DGA. So did Cord Jefferson. I mean, Cord Jefferson for American fiction definitely mm-hmm. has a chance still of getting a best director nomination from the Academy too. So don't write him off just yet. And, you know, the other the other nominee in the first time feature filmmaker category that I'll also shout out just because it was one of the interviews that I got to do at Sundance last year where the movie first premiered. And like I saw it, it blew me away. And it just always fills my film loving heart when I watch a movie debut at Sundance. And it's so damn good that people keep talking about it all the way through a year. It's A.V. Rockwell for 1001. I'm very happy to see A.V. Rockwell on this particular list. I wish the movie was getting even more love. Like, Tiana Taylor's performance in that is is probably Best Actress nomination worthy. It's just there's so much competition in that category. And I think a lot of competition with probably stronger campaigns behind it, bigger names. It's it's very difficult to break through in a race like that. But in my personal opinion, that doesn't make her less deserving. She should be in there. So that's just my take on the matter. Yeah, that's a good take. Yeah. Thank, thank you for approving <laughs> that. All right. Before we we say goodbye, Adam, is there anything you would like to promote? Yeah, this uh, upcoming weekend, I believe, there's going to be a new episode of Ladies' Night. Am I right? Oh, what a smart thing to promote. (laughs) (laughs) That's with uh, Renee Rapp, and it's, it's, I can tell from uh, having edited the interview, it's a fantastic interview, and there's a lot of really neat stuff in there. Yes, um, very, very 
neat stuff that I'm excited <laughs> to share. I, I think she is, I think she's just one of the coolest. And I, I oh, really, yeah. I really admire her, her confidence, her faith in herself. And then also as far as acting and singing goes, like, like her talent is truly unparalleled. I, oh, I meant yeah. what I said in my Twitter reaction to um, Mean Girls. I love I loved Mean Girls in general, and I really do think that that cast in general is exceptional. But Renee Rapp and Ali'i Cravalho really like took my breath away with what they were able to do. So, I mean, I, I hope people do check out Mean Girls in theaters. I really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. if you do check it out, I have a feeling their performances are going to make that same impression on you. Oh, so yeah. if that happens, tell me about it on social media. I would love <laughs> to hear about it and celebrate good movies and good work with you. Um, other than that, I'll just note that we are doing a Collider FYC screening for Maestro in L.A. tomorrow night. I haven't checked ticket sales. It it was something that I I fear will sell out very quickly. But if you want to check the Collider website, there's a link to buy tickets to our Maestro screening, which is going to have a post-screening Q&A with Carrie Mulligan that yours truly is moderating. So if you would like to join us in L.A., go check that out. I hope tickets are still available. My apologies if they're not. It's going to be a lovely night. And just in case you don't get tickets, we are going to upload the Q&A to the Collider Interviews YouTube channel in the near future. So you will still be able to see that part of it with that. That is a wrap on today's edition of Collider Dailies. We will see you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, for a brand new episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.